Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you're going to have everything from tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. You're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape, or form, feel free to go to xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. If you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure, and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one or mentoring you one-on-one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15-minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching. And here, so today, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. So I've got my amazing and beautiful wife, Maddie Fryer, sitting opposite me, which is a little bit hilarious because we're literally in office. Um, yeah, directly, I was say underneath you. <laughs> directly above and below each other. So you might be able to hear me through your ceiling. But what we're going to do today, we're actually pretty excited about this one. I'm actually going to let Maddie run the interview today today and Maddie's going to be interviewing me. We thought it would just be fun. I don't know what questions she's actually going to ask me. Basically, the topic we wanted to discuss, we've had a lot of our clients kind of coming to us and our business is growing very rapidly. We're at about 300K a month right now and our goal is to get to the eight figure mark in the next 18 to 24 months. So we've got a lot of growth, a lot of stuff happening, you know, and obviously have been through the journey over the last couple of years. So Maddie was, uh, you know, interested in doing a little interview with me to talk about what it's like running a seven figure, multiple seven figure coaching business to kind of give you guys a sneak peek in the back door. So babe, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you take over and start going with it if you don't mind. Alrighty. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a few here for you. So I'm just gonna start. I think the most simplest first question for you would probably be literally what's it like running a seven figure, soon to be eight figure business. Complicated. Complicated. I'm trying to think to, you know, the best way to explain what it's like. It's like complicated, but it's also an absolute dream, right? I think, you know, when I quit my corporate job about four years ago, you know, we all kind of talk about the dream life of, you know, being able to run a seven figure, multi seven figure, eight figure coaching business, being able to travel where you want. Well, obviously we can't do a lot of traveling right now, but you get my point. Travel where you want, be with the people that you want. You know, obviously like you and I live on the cliff overlooking the beach in Encinitas like literally our ideal place to be. I have my dream wife. I've got our dream puppy, you know, so it, it's, it's a dream right now because he's not barking. <laughs> yeah, it is a dream right now because he's not barking because he's in the crate in the other room. But it is sometimes it really is. And I was actually chatting with Joshua, our head of operations this morning, we were texting back and forth we're like, holy shit, like we actually get to live this life impacting people every single day. 
And you can't help but just like be incredibly grateful and appreciative of the opportunity to do that, especially in times like right now where frankly, so many people aren't, you know, very successful, aren't having the best time right now. But that being said, you know, it's like, I couldn't have more gratitude and appreciation for the work that we get to do and where we're going and how we continue to scale. That being said, it is a lot of work. I think that's something that everybody forgets. It's not like once you get to seven figures, it's like sitting on your ass and all of it, like everything's just coming to you, right? Once you get to seven figures, you have to maintain at seven figures or grow to eight figures, right? Which is just as hard or even harder. Once you get to the top, you know, you hear this in professional sports all the time. Like once you get to the top, you have to stay at the top, right? right? I don't even consider us at the top yet. We've got a long way to go, but we have to continue to maintain where we're at and continue to grow at the same time. So it takes even more work than when you're first starting off. You know, the more uncomfortable conversations, bigger risks, you know, it's like when people are first starting off, their risks are like investing in like a you know, $1,000 program or like, you know, should I go this route or that route? And it's not that big, you know, now the decisions that myself and you and our executive team make impact dozens of people just on our team. And then hundreds of people in, you know, within our client base and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so it's interesting because running this business is an absolute dream. And at the same time, it's, it's a lot of work. So I just want to be very honest about that with people. Yeah, I think one of the things you always say is like, you know, you're at six figures, you have six figure problems. Like when you're at seven figures, yeah. you have seven bigger problems. It's like they don't, the problems don't disappear. They just get bigger. Yeah, our problems now are just way bigger than they were before. So you really have to just become the person or the people or the coaches that can handle bigger problems in order for you to have the right to have those problems, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think I like, I guess this kind of leads me to my second question is, you know, there are so many coaches within, you know, our sphere of influence. And then obviously just so many coaches and people that are listening to this that I don't know, you would know the statistic. I don't know the statistic of how many coaches really end up being able to do this successfully full time. Do you have, I don't know if you have that statistic off the top of your head. Yeah, it's the Glassdoor did a study on it. And I know that Forbes did a study on it, but I'm pretty sure it's something like 91% of coaches will end up shutting down their doors before before they get to their third year in business because they can't make it full time. This is crazy to me, right? Where, you know, there's 91% of coaches. I mean, I obviously went through, I went through IIN and a bunch of different coaching certifications and that just makes me really sad to think about that. And so my question to you is obviously you're at seven figures looking to get to eight figures. Like what made you different when you were fine up and running that yeah. got you to like six figures in three months and then seven figures in 12 months and now looking at going on to eight figures? Oh man. I think the two things that I think of that probably helped me the most that we see, we, you know, we see a lot of our clients embody and then we have to help a lot of our clients embody because maybe they don't have it in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Number one really is the willingness to accept. And this sounds so bad, especially because we're in the self-development space, the willingness to accept that you're not good enough. Yeah. Like this is the real harsh truth that I think everybody needs to hear. Like you are not good enough. I don't mean that to be a dick. I'm not saying that to be like an asshole. But like when I first started my business, probably one of the most important things that, that I understood was I'm not good enough right now. Like when yeah. I quit my corporate job, I was very successful in the corporate world, but I wasn't good enough to be a six-figure, multi-six-figure, seven-figure earning entrepreneur because I'd never done that before. There was a lot of stuff that I was going to have to learn. And frankly, if I was already good enough, I would have already been there. So like yeah. everybody when they're first starting off has to accept that you are not good enough. I don't mean this in a mean way, but it's the truth. Because if you were good enough, you'd already be there. So if you accept that you're not good enough, you'll realize that it's actually okay. 
Because if I'm not good enough and I focus on, focus on the growth mindset, everybody's read Carol Dweck's book, The Growth Mindset. Now, the problem is 99% of people don't actually implement it. We're still scared to implement the growth mindset. We're scared of people judging us. We're scared of, of putting ourselves out there and it not being perfect, right? You have to stop that shit. And this brings us to the second part is you literally have to go fail and fail faster. Yeah. Right? So, so the first thing I accepted is I'm not good enough. The second thing that I accepted is failure was my biggest teacher. And the more of a fool that I could make of myself, the bigger failures I could have, the faster I could have them, the faster I would learn. Obviously, I had to make sure that I was absorbing the learning and not just rejecting it. But the faster I would learn, the faster I would grow, the faster I would become the person that actually deserved six figures, multiple six figures, and seven figures, right? So my, my, willingness, my willingness to just get out there and go make mistakes, make a fool of myself in front of everybody, right? And I think that's something, you know, like everybody goes, oh yeah, I'm willing to fail. And then they're afraid to go put out a Facebook post. And they're like, yeah, but <laughs> what if this, what if that? This, this is fucking the definition of failing. Like go put yourself out there. Go say something that, that you're not 100% certain about and, and make a mistake, right? You cannot be afraid of people judging you. You cannot be afraid of criticism. I know that in the first three months of launching my business, because I accepted the fact that I wasn't good enough, but if I went out there and failed more, failed faster, failed bigger, I could become big enough, right? That's really what got me going in those first three, four months. So It's funny. I think one of the first questions I remember asking you, like when we first met was, um, you know, what kind of got you to where you were? And you were like, I just break shit. Like, yeah. And so it was like, I just go... And I just break shit. Like I, that's literally. I remember one of our clients, one of our clients who was, uh, she may have been like in her mid forties. Right. And I was like 28 at the time. She's like, like, how have you learned so much and accomplished so much? Like before you're even 30. And she's like, yeah. I feel like you're, you're wise beyond your years. And I, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm not wise beyond my years. I just break shit. I break shit a lot faster than everybody else. I'm not afraid to go fuck shit up. That's the real yeah. difference. Yeah. And then learn from it and then, and then learn from it. Yeah. Forward. <laughs> I love that one. Um, that's always my favorite. So tell me, um, this is kind of a bit of a, a bit of a like follow on from that question is let's yeah. say, you know, coaches start to get up and you know they're starting to see success. And this is something that I see a lot is like, okay, so, um, you know, they get up, maybe they have like a 20 K month and then maybe they have like a five K month and then maybe they have like another 30 K month. But you know, Obviously, I guess the first thing is getting to that six figure mark and then or seven figure mark and then sustaining it. So yeah. what are, you know, like what are some of the big um, things that you have to focus on in order to be able to not only have like a great month every six months or, yeah. you know, a great, you know, here and there, but actually have a business that continues to grow month after month, year after year and actually sustain that, you know, that growth instead of just yeah. going back and forward. That is, that is a great question. Yeah, because I think, you know, we've, we've been at the seven figure mark for, you know, a while. And we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of coaches rise and fall in that time period. And we've kind of just continued to notch up and notch up. And we've, and we've grown at about a, you know, 50% rate every single year. And then this year we're set to actually grow like over 150% or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we've steadily grown each year. And one of the things that I think um, I always attribute that to is we have, we have kind of a dual focus on the business. You know, the thing that I always tell everybody is to be successful, to be successful in a coaching business, you have to have two things. You have to have coaching and you have to have the business right now when you're first starting off and here's, here's the deal. Most starting coaches get this completely wrong, right? When you're first starting off, which half do you think is the most important, the coaching or the business? It's the, it's the business, Right. The coaching is actually, you don't get a chance to even coach. 
if you know how to market and sell and position yourself first. So when you're first starting off as a coach, you have to be great at marketing, copywriting, selling content, putting yourself out there to even get a shot at coaching, to even, to even get the opportunity to coach full time. So, so you have to, you have to be great at coaching and you have to be great at business. But when you're first starting off, you have to be great at business first and foremost. That's, that's what has to come first. Right. And then what happens is we see, you know, we see a lot of people in the coaching space that they're great marketers or they're great salespeople and they're able to get up and running quickly. And we see a lot of coaches that suck at marketing and sales. And so they, they can't ever get, you know, the 91% that we we're talking about for Glassdoor, that's all of them, right? They, they can never get up and running because they never learn the sales and marketing and, and positioning and all of that stuff. So they never get up and running at all. But then that 9% that you see get up and running, right? They're actually people who are good at marketing or good at sales, but might not necessarily be great at coaching. And this is where you see that next wave happen where basically they're great at marketing and selling so they can market the hell out of themselves. They can sell the shit out of their product, products, programs, and services, but they don't get great results, right? And inevitably what happens, this is why we see so many coaching, business that are, so many coaching businesses that aren't long-term sustainable, right? Because basically they can market and pitch and sell their way to some short-term success, but eventually the market gets wind of what really works, what brings true results, and what doesn't. And that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed. And one of the biggest reasons I think why we've continued to grow and scale every single quarter, every single year for the last three years. And we continue to do that is because, you know, once we really mastered sales and, and marketing, you know, I, I'm, I was a coach to begin with. I wasn't a salesperson and a marketer. I was a coach to begin with. Yeah. We learned sales and marketing and that's what got us up and running. Right. And now we have this amazing coaching background to fall onto. We have this amazing team. You know, we spend over a million dollars a year just on our team, right? We actually, we should probably check how much we spend yeah. just on our coaching staff. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think the, the, you know, the last payroll we did was like something like, I don't know, $120,000. So that's, that's a million and a half dollars that we spend just on our coaching staff, our, our experts on our team from, uh, from sales to social media, to copywriting, to content, to, to lead generation, to mindset. Like we spend over a million and a half dollars just on our team to get crazy results with our clients. So we invest more than what 98% of coaches will ever make in their coaching business. And I think that's what has really allowed us to grow and scale is like, once you learn how to sell and market, you have to deliver a world-class product and service. And I think that's something that, that we do very, very well. Yeah. So tell me like, cause there's a lot of coaches out there that are like, yeah, but you know, and I see this a lot. This was me that it is like, yeah, but it's this, it comes into this whole, whether it's perfection paralysis or the, like that comparison syndrome, right? Like the, um, there's a word that I'm thinking of and I can't think of it right now. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Um, that it's like, yeah, but you know, when I'm just starting out, maybe I don't have any testimonials or I've only done two certifications and a degree or whatever. And you know, like people starting out, what would you say to someone that's like, it's easy to say that, but you know, I really don't feel good enough or I compare myself. What would you say yeah. to them? So that's, that's, a, that, that's a great question because I think everybody feels this in the beginning. And the thing that I always remind people is at some point, Tony Robbins had to coach his first client. Yeah. And I guarantee that he learned more from coaching that first client than from reading any book or any certification. You will learn more from doing the damn thing than you will from trying to perfect it without. Like if you wanted to, the thing I always tell people, if you want to learn how to swim, can you go read the textbook from Michael Phelps on how to become a professional swimmer 
and read it, like study it for a month and then jump in the pool and all of a sudden you're a professional swimmer? No, you have to jump in the pool and you have to start swimming and floundering and you have to get better. And I think that's something that people don't understand that people are a lot more forgiving than they, than they think. Right. So like a a perfect example is, um, whatever it was, 10 or 12 months ago, we launched our mastermind, our backend mastermind, um, to take coaches to that half million dollar and seven figure mark. Right. So we launched our backend mastermind about 10 or 10 or 12 months ago. No, not, not a lot of idea what we were doing. Obviously we're playing off of, you know, I'd been a part of 10 different masterminds. So I wanted to take the best pieces that I, that I had really, you know, seen in all these different masterminds and compile them into one mastermind and do it, do it in a way that like, you know, one of my favorite quotes from, um, uh, John D Rockefeller, he says, do all the things that aren't scalable and you will scale. So we did all the things in our mastermind that basically everybody said like, dude, you can't, you can't, you'll, you'll never be able to scale that. Right. Yeah. And so we did all these things and there was so much that we did there. And frankly, we had to learn a ton. And when we first started it off, you know, there was like five people in the mastermind and like we were communicating in like a Facebook group messenger thread. Like it was so like, like it was held up by scaffolding. Yeah. Right. But people got value from it. And that's all they really cared about. People got value. They got our, they got our heart. They got our, our soul. They got the support that, that they, they looked for from high impact coaching and they loved. Right. And so even though it was like this, like house of cards that we had built, right. It was basically like built on like twigs and mud. Right. It got us started. And that first quarter, I still remember this, that first quarter, we were asking for feedback from everybody in the mastermind. We learned more in that first quarter of our mastermind and implemented more from that first quarter and first four or five months that we have now, then I could have like, we couldn't have done that on our own. It was our clients that gave us that feedback on what they were looking for, on what helped them the most, on what wasn't working, on what needed to be changed. And now we have a mastermind with over 60 people in it and the ability to scale it up to over 200 people. Like we wouldn't have been able to do that had we not just launched with what we had, which was like a, we think this will work. Like, let's give it a try and make sure that like our heart and soul is in it. And we're going to support our clients as best we can and get the feedback from them so that we can figure out how to continue to support them better. Like you, you, you can't learn that from a textbook. You have to go work with people and get feedback from them and have them tell you what they need more of so that you can adjust and get better. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I want to point out there too, is like, you know, when you mentioned like, we think this will work, it's like at the end of the day, like you mentioned, like you're not afraid to put something out there and fuck it up, but you know that at the end of the day, like you're going to do everything in your willpower. You're going to make sure that the clients get the results. And I think think, that's the big thing that people get caught up on is like, well, what if I put something out there and they don't get the results? You know, like what if I put something out there? I think that's the biggest thing that I think people, people, again, it comes back to the fear of like not being good enough or being judged. It's like, I'm not afraid of something not being good enough because I know if something's not, not good enough, I'm going to get the fuck behind it and I'm going to change it until it's good enough. I'm going to make things right. I, I, I'm not always hundred percent confident that my first, when I first launch a program, it's going to be the best in the world, but I'm confident that by taking feedback and implementing that feedback, I'm going to make it the best in the world. Yes. Right? And I'm confident in my resolve to figure it out. I'm not confident in the delivery in the beginning. I'm confident in my resolve and my relentlessness to make sure that this is world-class. Yeah. And so people, no matter what, will get the result. And I think that's a big thing for 100%. you is that your, like your certainty in knowing that your clients will get the result. You just have to figure out the house. And it's, it's amazing because we have clients in our mastermind. I don't know if any of you guys are watching this, but hey guys, for, for everybody who's been in our mastermind for 
a year, almost a year. Thanks for helping us build the mastermind to where yeah. it is right now. Um, but you know, I, I, I look back at that, right. And you know, we've had those clients that started with us, you know, 10 months ago, reach out and express like how amazing it's been to watch the growth of the mastermind because they then get to see this is how a world-class company does it. I can do the same thing. And, and they see the value that they've gotten as a client. They know they can take that back to their clients. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you, this is um, one last question on this topic and then I'll move on, but something that I see then um, a lot of people doing, and I saw this a lot that uh, was recommended for us in IAN was, you know, getting like maybe going out and it's like, okay, I want to get my feet wet with coaching. So I'll go and coach mom for free or yeah. coach friend, friend for free. Like, what would you suggest with that? Cause I just see that being a big mistake that I know that, you know, yeah. I want you to talk to that for a second. I gotta be honest. I fucking hate that. Um, <laughs> I, well, it's recommended by so many people and a lot of them are really big companies and really big influencers. And frankly, they're just afraid to ruffle feathers, right? Yeah. Go do it for free for people because that's the easiest way to get comfortable. Here's what happens, right? And we've seen this, like we've talked with hundreds and hundreds of coaches at this point. It's, it's scientific fact, right? You go work with people for free or minimal investment. They're not committed. You end up being more committed to their results than they are. So you think, oh, I'm going to go work with a couple of people for free. And all of a sudden, you're going to have testimonials flowing out the ears. Everybody's like, oh my God, Xander's going to work for, for, with us for free. Like, yeah, come work. Like, I would love to. I'm going to put my heart and soul into this. Never happens. Because they don't pay. People who pay, pay attention. Because they don't pay, they end up not being committed. And I hate that this is true, but it is true. So people, people who don't pay are not committed. You're the one chasing them down to do the exercises. You're the one, they're, they're missing calls with you. You're, you're, you know, it's all the bad things. It's the quickest way to turn your passion into a grind and want to quit. And yeah. we've seen this so many times when you, when you either undercharge or you try and get free people so you can get testimonials. And it's like, it's so funny. You think you're going to get free people. You're going to get work experience. You're going to get testimonials and then you'll be able to go charge what you want. But reality is you work your ass off. They don't get results because they're not committed. You make no money. And then you think that that's the whole coaching industry. And you're like, no, you just fucking started wrong. Yeah. Right. Like you just got it completely backwards. So like the thing that we tell everybody is like from the very beginning, people have to pay you right mm -hmm. from the, from the very first step, people have to pay you. We had one of our clients, um, Mike, uh, Mike, I hope you're having fun out there in Europe. Um, but one of our clients, Mike, Dr. Mike, he was a chiropractor and quit his chiropractic practice. And for two years was trying to get his business up and running and was you know, trying to work with people for free and getting more certifications. Um, and it put him in a really tight financial situation over the course of two years. Right. And basically like in, in all the studying and trying to work with free people, he, he ended up working with us. Um, and I literally told him, I said, you're not allowed to work with another person for free and you're not allowed to take another certification until you start enrolling 2k clients. I literally, and I told him, if you don't, if you try and do either one of those while you're working with us, we're done. It was like a hard line. I'm, I'm not working with you. Like I'm sick of this shit. Right. And he basically said, cool, whatever. I'll follow the systems. Two weeks later, he enrolls his first 2k client. The next week he enrolls his second 2k client. The next week he enrolls his third 2k client. Right. He's working with them. So obviously over the course of the next four, six weeks, um, I actually did an interview with Mike. It's probably in this Facebook group somewhere. Um, but he goes, he goes, Xander, I have learned more from working with these five clients or four clients or whatever it was. I've learned more in the last four to six weeks working with these four clients than I have in two years working with clients for free and mm -hmm. taking tens of thousands of dollars worth of certifications and programming. Yeah. Four weeks, four weeks of having paid clients and you can learn infinitely more than free clients, than certifications, than all of that stuff. And I really want that to sink in with people.
Yeah. I love that. No, thank you. I wanted you to go on a little bit of a rant around that one because I know, I know that it's just I'm something. I'm not passionate cool. about that at all, babe. <laughs> um, okay, so next question. Say so we're like, all right, we're, we're good to go. We're not going to work with free clients. Like we're really getting up and running. The next big thing that I see, obviously me, you know, digging into mindset is this, is this mindset block around like, okay, I'm ready to get up and running and I really want to, let's say, seven-figure business. But the big fear for people, especially a lot of people that have worked their asses off in a corporate world or whatever, there's a lot of people that want to be more successful, but they're afraid of this burnout, right? And especially when we see, you know, we might see people that are, maybe their parents were successful and their dad was never home. Or we think of the, the typical like million dollar business owner, well, he's just working 24 hours a day and doesn't get to see his kids, for example, yeah. right? So like... How do you juggle running a successful seven-figure business? I mean, you and I have time. We we take weekends off. We have date night. Like we have the evenings together. By no means would I say that you like you're not here for us. You're you're definitely here. So what would you yeah. say? Like how do you juggle? We now have a puppy. Like we just took him for a walk before. Like how do you juggle being an amazing, the mm. say fur baby dad? Um, as well as running a seven figure business, being an amazing husband, like how do you juggle all of that and without just burning yourself out? Yeah. So I think there's, there's kind of two parts to this. The first, the first thing that I would say is to get a business up and running, you have to work hard. Yeah. Period. End of statement, right? Like, babe, you know, like when we first started our relationship was in the, in the middle of me really getting my business really going. And there were some long nights and long weekends and, and times that, that we did I mean, we, we, like you worked weekends pretty much, I'd say probably the first year and a half. Yeah. That and we so, and I, yeah. think, I think that's really important for people to understand is, um, you know, if you want the, I think this is something that I hear a ton in the coaching space is like, I want a balanced life, right? Yeah. Well, if your life is perfect where it is right now, if your life, it, like, like, think about that. If you're like, think about that, raise your hand. If you feel that your life is perfect where it is right now, like raise your hand. I can't actually see you, but just raise your hand there. At least in your mind, raise your hand, right? Like if your life is perfect where it is right now, then balance is perfect for you. Yeah. But if there's something missing in your life, if you desire more, whether that's more freedom, more finances, more impact, whatever it is, if you desire more, you have to swing out of balance. Yeah. You have to swing out of balance to change things. Now, you're not going to make out of balance perfect, but your life is going to be all around these oscillating periods around balance. You're never just at perfect balance all the time. You have to swing out of balance if you want things to change, right? So this is something that I have to tell every single entrepreneur is like, at some point, you are going to have to swing out of balance. You can't, you can't like, if you, if you want an airplane to take off and get up to cruising altitude, you can't get an airplane to take off giving it 50% throttle. Yeah. You have to give the airplane a hundred percent throttle. At some point you have to really fucking go for it hard. Yeah. Right. You have to go for it hard and that'll get the airplane to take off. And then you can pull it back to cruising altitude. Right now, how fast you want to get there kind of dictates how hard hard is. Right. So there are, you know, I, I, I hear people tell me all the time, they're like, Oh, Xander, I want to do what you did and get to seven figures in, in my first year. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. Like I worked way harder than anybody I know during that first year. I just did, right? But it's because I really did want to get to seven figures in my first year. I was so stone cold set on that. Like that was my thing, but it wasn't fun, right? It wasn't quote unquote balanced by any means. Now, if you want to get to seven figures over the course of three to five years, you don't have to work that hard. You can take weekends off. You just have to start to focus on the right things. And this is kind of where that transition comes in, right? So the thing that I would tell everybody is you are going to have to work hard. 
to have a successful business. And at like, you know, if, if everybody could just have a multi six figure or seven figure coaching business, everybody would do it. But most people don't want to work hard. Most people don't want to get out of their comfort zone. And this is kind of the second big piece that I would say is uh, it really comes down when I say work hard, working hard is part of it. The other part of it is getting out of your comfort zone and working smarter. Right. And this is a massive, massive part of it because a lot of people can get caught up in the working hard and thinking that working hard is the only way to get there. And then they get stuck in just working hard. And it's like the Gary V grind. Right. <laughs> and, and like, you don't, you don't have to, you know, just, just be in Gary V grind mode all the time. In fact, like I just mentioned, it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. Like if I were to take an airplane and just point it straight up and just give it full throttle, it can only go that far for so long before the engine just explodes into flames. Yeah. Right. So you have to, you have to realize that you also have to work smarter. Right. So as we get the business starting to grow, things like delegating, things like, you know, like a, a big thing that we see with a lot of our clients as they get to their first, maybe 20 K a month or something like that, they're like, you know, they're still, their mindset is still in the trailer park, right? Yeah. And they don't want to bring on their first hire, right? They're like, oh my God, like, how can I bring on, you know, how can I bring on someone Then I'm financially responsible for them, right? And it's these next levels of fears, just like we talked about, right? It's like, you know, you had the, the six figure problems. Now you're facing the multi six figure problems, like bringing on a financial burden as an employee or spending money on Facebook ads or, you know, that next level of getting over your fears of taking the money you're bringing in and now reinvesting it in the business to continue that growth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things like for us, I remember, I remember when you, um, you told me, you're like, babe, like I, like I really want at some point for us, because like uh, we were talking about like at one point we really want weekends completely off. Right. Yeah. And you're like, babe, I really want at some point for us to like take Saturdays fully off. And our business was dealing with a lot of shit at the time and it was growing rapidly. And I said, cool, let's do it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And it was literally the next day we implemented taking the weekends fully off. Yeah. Right. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. I, what I had to do was like, I had to step up my game as an entrepreneur and make sure we had all the right pieces in place and all the systems and all the processes to make sure that the business didn't explode over the course of the weekend. When, you know, Saturday is like, I completely disconnected. Right. Yeah. Which is really scary for a lot of people. But what that also did is it allowed our team to take ownership and take responsibility and become bigger, better leaders than they would have ever been able to become before if I was just looming over them as the head of the company all the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I remember you like, like you got to do hard work and then you also got to get out of your comfort zone and do the, do the uncomfortable work that scares you. Yeah. I mean, I remember on that Saturday you were like, yeah, this feels really uncomfortable for me right now. Like this isn't fun for me right now, but I know that I'll do it a couple of times and it'll be fine. And then like the next weekend you were like, yeah, I'm really grateful that we're taking these weekends off. Um, just from like a, a standpoint of a question that I get asked a lot is like, you know, if I'm really wanting to, let's say for that first year, I need to work really hard. And obviously I've got a family, like what do I, what do I tell them if I'm now having to work really hard and maybe, you know, maybe yeah. they're having to step up and take a bit more of the load. Like what would you communicate there? Because I think our, uh, you know, our relationship has been really great and really strong through it. And so I would love to hear a little bit of that for you. I think, I think you know, that's something uh, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for just the way that you and I communicate, right? Yeah. Was gonna be my I've story. been very honest. There's been times in the business, you know, there's a time, when was it? It was like back in like early 2019 and we were literally on vacation in Mexico and we were supposed to be like fully on vacation in Mexico. And I was like, babe, like the business blew up. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm going to have to work my ass off the two weeks while we're here. And I was like, I know this was not what we planned. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, and I, I had to sit there and I had to say, you know, like I'm doing this for our future 
and our future family and us being able to do more vacations like this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so it was, it's difficult conversations you have to have with your loved ones. Um, but obviously having loved ones that understand that and helping them understand that is an incredibly important part. I remember even when I first quit my job, right? I quit my corporate job and then all my friends and all my family were like, Oh, come hang out with us for the weekend. Come. And my mom's down in San Diego and I'm up in LA. Like she's like, come down to San Diego for the weekend. You're not doing anything. I'm like, that's not the way the shit works, mom. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, and so I had to have, I had to have a real sit down moment with my mom. And I, I literally said, mama, I call mama, mama. Obviously, you know, this, a lot of people yeah. don't. Um, so I was like, mama, like I'm not coming home for the next six months. Yeah. And I, I need you to understand that I'm probably not going to have time to talk to you a ton on the phone or via text message. Now I know this sounds really harsh, but I need you to understand that right now is probably one of the most crucial times that I have in getting my business up and running. Yeah. And just because I don't have a job doesn't mean I'm free 24 seven. It's actually even harder because I have to earn my wage. I have to prove myself out in the real world as an entrepreneur. So I was like, these next six months are going to be more difficult for me than working a very high demanding job at Cisco. And I need you to understand that. And I need you to respect that because after these six months and after the next year, I'm going to have more freedom and more flexibility than I could have ever asked for. Mm -hmm. But I need you to be patient with me. And I had to, I had to openly and honestly express that to her. And did she understand it? Not really. Did she, <laughs> did she uh, heed my wishes? Eh, a little bit. She still bothered me a shit ton. But she, she, she got to the point where it was okay, right? She could deal with it, right? Yeah. And that was what I was really looking for. Because most people aren't going to understand it. But as long as they'll trust me and they'll deal with it, then I can prove it to them in my actions. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing from, from that's my the, That's the other big part, though, is you have to prove it to them in your actions afterwards, yeah. right? You go, tell, you go tell your wife that you know, I, hey, hey, babe, I'm going to ruin this two weeks in Tulum. Um, I'm going to ruin this two weeks in Tulum, but, but eventually we'll have a great life. And, and then you don't put in the work and then you don't yeah. go have, you don't go take the trips to Greece and Italy with her. You don't go to Hawaii with her. You don't go to Cabo with her. You don't go to Aspen with her later. Like, yeah, then you're not proving it very well, right? She <laughs> yeah. trust you the next time that you say it. So you got to do the work first. <laughs> Yeah. But I think that was the biggest thing from, from my perspective was, um, you know, the open communication and that's with, you know, everyone in your life, but there's always been that very open communication. I think the other thing and the other question that I would love to ask as a follow-up for this is you always handle stress incredibly, incredibly well. Like whatever, you know, that obviously there's always things as an entrepreneur flying at you from all different angles, like trying to hit you in the face and you just seem to handle it sometimes you get smashed in the face and you're totally fine like how do you process through the the stresses and the quote-unquote pressures of running a multi-seven-figure business a lot of bottles of wine <laughs> just kidding um obviously you know that so I, I actually don't drink a lot um okay. but um i do love a good glass of wine i do love a good glass of tequila uh, and booch and and booch hard i don't booch. drink a ton but i love this and this and this what, babe don't judge me okay you're australian okay <laughs> no judging allowed um, <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing for me is it, like, I have made, I have made it routine. So first of all, I've made my self-care routine, absolutely non-negotiable. And you know this, so I've, you know, meditating twice a day, every single day. Um, and then along with once a week, I do some form of self-care practice, whether that's like, we, we now have actually have an infrared sauna. So whether it's going to a float tank or getting acupuncture or massage, yeah. obviously we have, you know, we have something like 130 clients that we work with at any one time right now, right now. So, um, you know, I, like I have to make sure that I'm showing up at 110% and that's non-negotiable because if I don't show up at 
uh, you know, if I don't show up at a 11 out of 10, then our team won't show up at a 10 out of 10 for the rest of our clients. You know, they'll only show up at an eight out of 10, right? So if I show up at a 10 out of 10, our team will show up at an eight or nine and all of our clients will show up at a six and nobody succeeds, right? So I have to show up at an 11 or a 12 out of 10 every single day. I don't, I don't have the luxury of, frankly, taking a day off energetically. So yeah. I have to make sure that I perform at a very high level, which means that self-care is non-negotiable for me. And I think one of the things that I've done, um, you know, that I've done, I've noticed is habitual for me in the past is when times get really tough, a lot of people, when times get tough, their self-care goes down. Yes. They go, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to go work out. I don't have time for, to take time off and go, you know, for a dip in the ocean or whatever, whatever it is, that walk around the block, that thing that you know is your, is your self-care, yeah. right? I don't have time for that. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard, right? So when, when times get really tough for me, and you know this, I yeah. double down, right? I say, babe, I don't have time for X, Y, Z because I need to meditate more. Yeah. I need to make sure that my evening is free for this type of self-care, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually, when times get tough, I double down on the self-care. I do more of it. Yeah. And that's what allows me to get through that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you just get through it and it, it seems for me very seamlessly. And I think that's why is because you really, you know, take yeah. the time to process through. And I, you know, one of the things that, you know, I can't remember where this quote came from, right. But it's, you know, pressure can, it's like pressure can burst pipes or make diamonds. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that I've really grown to enjoy is putting pressure on myself and, and understanding that pressure is not a bad thing. Pressure is a privilege. Right. And putting that pressure on me, which allows me to handle these demanding situations and, and turns things into something great. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so next question, what would you say has been the biggest mistake that you've made in the last four years as an entrepreneur? Oh, babe, I thought this was going to be an easy interview. Come on. <laughs> this is the last hard question. I promise. Um, all right. Can you ask it again? Yes. Yeah, so what would you does it, say does it change if I ask you to ask it again? <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, what would you say has been the biggest mistake? It's hard because you've made so many. So what would you say has been the biggest mistake that you've made in the last four years? <laughs> well, that's um, right. We fail all the time. I think the biggest, let me think about that. You're right. I, I don't think like I look back and we've made tons of mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I openly talk about how, you know, there was a, there's probably a, a 16 month period where our business was pretty much stagnant uh, and we had spent, you know, 16 months and over half a million dollars on different programs, different mentorship, different yeah. funnels and Facebook ads and hiring new team members that didn't work out. And then, and then, you know, letting those team members go so we could finally find the people that we really needed to continue to grow and scale the business. Um, you know, I think the, the, Frankly, I think the biggest mistake that I would say is not making more. Yeah. I think, and I think we've done a really good job of making a ton of mistakes, but I think every, every single person, including myself can fall into the fear of making, you know, making more mistakes and making more mistakes faster. I like, I can yeah. honestly say that like my success and, and our speed of success has been dictated by, like we talked about the size and the speed at which we've failed at things. Right. And I think if we were willing to fail bigger and fail more often and fail faster, we actually could have probably moved forward quicker. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is really hard to think about, but it, but it is true. I think my biggest mistake would be probably not being open to making more mistakes and just mm -hmm. messing more stuff up, going against the grain more. 
right? Like challenging my thoughts, my beliefs of what is reality and just saying, hey, this is just a science experiment. Let's just see if this works. Let's go break it, right? This is like, this is like you're in my motto right now, raising Aspen. Hey, it's a science experiment. Let's see if this works. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So if I'm going to give you an easy question on the flip side of that, what would you be, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your business right now? The team. Mm. I'd say the team. Don't, don't take this the wrong way, but working with clients is amazing, but helping grow a team yeah. of leaders that then helps go and change people's lives even further is probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever, I've ever gotten to experience. Having a team that works at such, of all the, the different experts of salespeople and marketing people and mindset people and psychosomatic work and, and, and positioning and, and success coaches and like helping everybody come together as like one high performing, like world-class team to scale the business as a whole and the impact in the mission as a whole is just, it's so fun and it's so rewarding because every individual on our team is like, you get to watch them become such amazing leaders and impacting other leaders. Like where else can you say that you've got a team of 10 to 15 people that are all impacting other entrepreneurs that are impacting thousands of people's lives, right? Like that's, that's probably one of the most rewarding things for me. Yeah, I love that. Um, and what would you say, I always love this question, what would you say you're working on within yourself right now? Oh man, not cursing as much as I'm wearing, as I'm wearing a shirt that says, I fucking love you. Um, I would say, you know, the, honestly, the biggest thing that I'm working on right now, and I think you and I have, you and I have talked about this a little bit. It's not business related. I think if I were to say business related, it's becoming a bigger leader, right? Mm -hmm. I, I openly talk about how, you know, we want to, we want to get to eight figures in the next, uh, you know, 18 to 24 months. Right. Yeah. And if we're going to get to eight figures in the next 18 to 24 months, I have to be an eight figure uh, leader right now. So I have to think and act and behave like an eight figure leader right now. If I want us to be at eight figures in the next 18 to 24 months. Right. And so me becoming a bigger leader is probably the most important thing from a business standpoint. But I think, um, you know, my actual biggest focus is just learning how to become a better husband and become a better fur baby daddy. Right. So these are things, these are areas of my life that I've, I've obviously never, uh, never experienced before. So I'm new to them. And, uh, in, in, you know, appreciation of what we've been talking about, I'm sure I'm fucking a lot of stuff up and breaking a lot of things. I was going to say, I think you're already like a 12 out of 10. So I'm looking well, forward to seeing what else you can maybe, do. So I know, I know your dad thought that I was married before we were met. So maybe it's because I actually secretly was married before you and I met. <laughs> okay, um, there we go. but, but I think, you know, that is, that is a major focus in my life right now is, you know, I've never been, I've never been a, uh, a dad like figure. So obviously like, you know, I've got my godson that we live near and I've got my nephew. So just like spending more time with them. Um, that's a big part of my life is really working on my ability to be like a role model in their lives. Um, you know, even though we don't have kids yet, I want to make sure that we're, we're, you know, stellar, awesome parents. And I know we will be, um, but being a better influence in their lives. And then obviously taking care of our fur baby, um, mm -hmm. Aspen and making sure, you know, cause he doesn't get to choose, you know, how he grows up and how he's raised. So making sure that he has the, the best opportunity to be an amazing dog as well. Um, so that's, I think that's the side of me that I'm really focusing on the most. I love that. Um, of course you do, babe. Yeah. I mean, that's great. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great. You're sitting um, over there like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I married him. <laughs> I, I am. It's just, you never cease to amaze me. Um, which, I mean, you and I could speak 
all all day for this. So I I won't keep you for too much longer. I guess the last question that I would have for you is, um, what's the last tip you'd get, get to anyone or give to anyone, should I say, that's really looking to get to seven or eight figures within their business? You have to let go of who you are to become who you were meant to be. I think this is, this is something that's terrifying for a lot of people. Like who, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning here is like, right now you're not good enough. Your thought patterns, your action patterns, your beliefs, who you are as a person is not good enough. And you have to let go of that person to become the person that you were meant to be. This is terrifying for a lot of people because people don't want to let go of what they know. But, you know, and I tell this to our clients all the time, the beliefs that I had, like as a human being, the beliefs that I had when I first started my business, when I quit Cisco and when I first started my business versus who I am now Mm -hmm. are completely different. Like uh, if, if the, the person, when I quit my job, saw me today, they would not recognize me because I had to change and grow and let go of so many programs and beliefs and stories and create new, better ones, but sometimes scary ones, courageous ones. I had to completely let go so much of my personality, who I was before to become who I needed to be to have the impact and freedom and income that I truly deserved. So I think, you know, the, the piece of advice that I would give everybody is, you know, if you want to get to that next level, it's, it's the Marshall Goldsmith quote, what got you here won't get you there. You have to let go of who you are. Literally let go of your identity as a person to become someone bigger. Hmm. Well, I'm grateful that you let go of that person because I'm in love with who you are right now. And obviously I could chat with you for ages. Otherwise I probably should have married you if I couldn't. But, um... <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> so made that. That's all for me. That's all my questions. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, babe. All right, friends. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, babe. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. If this was helpful, just go ahead and let us know. Shoot us a comment. Let us know if this was helpful. If there's any other questions that you have for me in the future, for everybody out in Facebook live land, go ahead and comment below. If there's any questions you have for me specifically around building a six figure business, around building a seven figure business or toward an eight figure business or around our relationship, even happy to answer whatever questions come up for you guys. And then obviously if you're listening to this out in podcast land and you ever want to catch these live, feel free to go to xanderfryer.com forward slash fb group and you can actually catch these live and ask us some questions yourself but thank you babe yeah everybody else i love you guys and we'll see you all soon have a good Mm -hmm. one